Good morning. Welcome to Laurel Heights. I'm going to ask each of us to pay good attention from the book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. I'll give the historical context. We'll read the passage and we will let the passage express to us as Christians what we need to concentrate on in such a time as this. Historical setting, the apostles of Christ, according to Acts chapter 2, were filled with the Holy Spirit to equip and guide them in delivering the gospel of Christ. These men had a message that burned in their hearts and they didn't make up this message, it came from God. The very words they spoke and wrote from God, they were committed to personally and they were committed to delivering this message to the people in the world. They exposed the human problem of sin they announced the God-provided remedy, Jesus Christ. And they extended the invitation to come to Christ for the forgiveness of sins and live as a follower of Christ with heaven as the destination. But now, the Jewish leaders and high priests in that time were not pleased to hear the preaching of the gospel. And they made various efforts to get these men to shut up and go away and let people continue the religion they had before. But the apostles took their orders from God, not from the Jewish leaders. So in this account you'll see they continued to speak to the people the words of life. There was difficulty in doing so, but determination to deliver to people the words of life. Acts 5, I'm going to start at verse 17. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now, when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked, 
and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us? But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up, and gave orders to put the men outside for a while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Theudas rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So, in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. <coughs> but if it is of God you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer dishonor for his name. And every day, in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Now, this is a narrative that highlights, first of all, courage under fire. Determination to do what God said. 
to deliver the message of salvation without being intimidated or stopped by men or by the world or by the culture. But I want us to notice this morning one of the most important statements in this passage in verses 41 and 42. After all this turmoil and threatening and pressure and rage and prison, what did these Christians do? They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Christ. And then it says, every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Listen to me. We ought to be grateful that we have such a nice place to assemble. We should give thanks to God every day that there are Christians we can associate with and worship with and stay in touch with. If you believe the content of spiritual nourishment that's provided here is biblical and powerful, thank God and give Him the glory. But know this, buildings don't build churches. Buildings don't build churches. As valuable as it is to associate with Christians in this place. That's only part of what our total commitment needs to be. Here's what it's all about. Teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Buildings eventually decay and fall down. Christians get old and pass away. Elders and preachers get sick and die. We have been given a work to do that is more than building buildings. More than coming to buildings. Work that lives on after people die. The way to build a local church is to deliver the message that started the church in the first place. Against any threats, no matter how many people don't want to hear the gospel, it is our task to preach it. Not just from the pulpit and from the website and Zoom and social media. What does it say? Look please at verse 42. Every day in the temple and from house to house... They did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. And when you read the book of Acts, it wasn't just preachers and apostles. It was Aquila and Priscilla. It was members of the church in Jerusalem and Antioch and Troas. Keep going through the New Testament it was Timothy's mother and grandmother. It was Epaphroditus and Silas and Titus and the Christians in Macedonia. 
it was Apollos and Barnabas and Aristarchus and Mark and Justus and Trophimus and Epaphras and others. What are we talking about? They did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. My question, is this what we are doing? If not, when do we start? I love how nice the new auditorium is. But the most important fixture in any church building is not the lighting, not the PA, not the benches, carpet, pulpit, preacher, projector. It's people. Me and you. Now, you look around sometimes and you say, how do we get people in here? They did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. We preach the gospel to people out there. We do what these early Christians do. Not just the apostles and evangelists. They were all involved. Parents taught their children. Wives brought their husbands. Christians spoke to their neighbors and friends. Christians started conversations with strangers. We get people in here by preaching the gospel out there. All of us. Are there other ways to fill an auditorium? Of course. There's music and entertainment and food and coffee and fun and games, a band and a dog and pony show. But we are not called to entertain and feed and attract people by offering what popular venues offer. They did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. And Paul expresses that in Romans 1.16 with conviction and passion that ought to be in us when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You don't grow a church by remodeling an auditorium and just getting the same people to come into it. It is the Word of God being spread by every member out there. This is the assignment we have from God. I hope I have your attention. Three things for us to take out of this building about evangelism in such a time as this. Start with your own family. Is there someone back at your house right now who could be here?
Is there a husband or wife, a child or grandchild, a parent, a sibling? And you've had the thought they should be here. But have you had the conversation? Is there some way I can help you with those people in your family? What about daily Bible reading in your home with those loved ones? Listening to a recorded sermon or a letter or an invitation to attend. All of this accomplished with prayer. Start with your own family. The harvest may be very close to you within just a few feet. Friends, neighbors, and co-workers, it will be good for me. I never preach to you without preaching to me. It will be good for me and every one of us to just stop and make a list of the people we know who are not Christians. Maybe people who are in denominational churches where the Bible isn't being read and followed. Maybe atheists, maybe generic evangelicals. Whatever the religious background or culture are no background and you don't know their culture. If God's word isn't being followed, can you open the conversation? Invite them. Read the Bible with them. Use social media. If you believe you are not equipped, then you need to get equipped. If you think you need to know more, then you need to read, read more and study more. Maybe ask your preacher for help. Don't think you have the courage and the strength. Take a page out of Paul's book. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Philippians 4 and verse 13. Personal evangelism is doable if there is the will for it to be doable. Open conversations with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. I know it is important to spend time alone with God and His Word in prayer. All by yourself. I do that. I know some of you do that. Maybe all of you do that. Continue that personal discipline. Jesus did that. He went out to the mountain alone to pray. But he didn't stay there. He didn't live there. He always came back down into the villages and preached the gospel. We can do this through Christ who strengthens us. I want you to be opening to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 
I'm going to use three words here, and I'm going to take us to Matthew 13. I'm going to read some of that, and I'm going to make my point. My point is going to be, keep sowing seed. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground and they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose they were scorched. And since they had no root they withered, withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus explains that the seed is the word of God. And the implication all through this passage is we need to sow the seed. I've heard people say something like this. Well, I spoke the gospel to somebody one time and they didn't respond. And then I went to somebody else and invited them to services and they didn't come. I prayed for somebody else that they might hear the gospel and nothing ever happened. And I took, I took the recording of a sermon that I thought was good off of the website. I sent that link to somebody, never heard a thing. Well, if you're not careful, you talk yourself out of being a farmer. Keep sowing seed. You know what you did when you talked to all those people and you sent that link to the recorded sermon? You did what God told you to do. Now, you exert the effort... Once you deliver the message faithfully, it's the responsibility of the hearer to obey or not. Keep sowing seed. If you love God and you love the gospel of Christ and lost people, and you know people who are lost, keep sowing seed. If some never obey, keep sowing seed. If some get mad, keep sowing seed. If some run you off, go to someone else and keep sowing seed. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, strangers, Facebook friends that you may not even know. Keep sowing seed. Me and you.
they did not cease. The question comes up, have we ever started? And if not, when will we start? You all know this is true. God is watching this church. Now, when I say that, it's tempting to think, yeah, that's right. God is watching this church. And so here in a few minutes, we're going to go home or go to the restaurant. And God is going to be watching this building. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people, me and each of you. He's watching. He was watching when I prepared this sermon. He was watching and listening when I rehearsed it. He is watching and listening now as I deliver it. He knows what's happening in your mind about all this. And God will continue to watch after we leave this place to see what we do with all of this. He is in charge of the results. We are in charge of effort. Keep sowing seed. Keep sowing seed. When a church no longer has elders for a time, there can be a stupor that the devil wants us to fall into. Or we can become fervently concerned about a whole list of things which are not the main thing. A preacher friend of mine called me a few years ago and he said we had to announce today that due to a death we no longer have an eldership. He said one of the men went out the door this morning saying well maybe now I can get the color of carpet I want. And my preacher friend told me that through his tears. What a shame that we get so focused on what we want. That we lose sight of what God's want, God wants and what sinners need. The gospel. Elders and preachers die. Buildings fall down. The gospel of Christ lives on. And God has called us to take this message out of this building, into the family, into the community, into the world. And I'll close with this story that I've told so many times, you could probably tell it better than I. It's a what if story. What if you go home today and you look across the street and your neighbor's house is on fire? What do you do? Hey, honey, I noticed the neighbor's house is on fire. Isn't that interesting? 
What do you do? I know what you're going to do. You're going to call 911 and you're going to rush over there with other neighbors to see if you can get those people out of that house. Well, you know where I'm going with this. Do you know people who are on a pathway headed quickly toward eternal destruction and everlasting fire? Have we said anything to them? Have we invited them to services? Have we invited them to study the Bible and come to services, listen to a sermon from the Bible? The early Christians did not cease. When will we start? Let's be standing as we sing.